0: The following program is brought to you by TasteBud Entertainment. Welcome to two hours of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwinn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now.
1: Well, good morning, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwynn along with Lana in your radio and live this morning on a... Slightly chilly and a bit rainy Southern California weekend. Good morning to you, Lana. Good morning. This is your culinary culture and lifestyle show that celebrates food and wine and everything delicious. This is a place for people who love to eat and have a passion for cooking. We're going to keep you updated on the food scene every Sunday beginning at 8 a.m. for two hours of delicious conversation. We love to take deep explorations of a broad range of culinary topics, so stay tuned You just might learn something. This is the year to become a better cook. I love food. I love eating it and looking at it and reading and writing about it and taking pictures of it. And on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Chef Jamie Gwen, you'll find an interesting article that was written in the New York Times, in fact, about uh, people like us who take photos of food in restaurants and how some of the top chefs in New York are cracking down on pictures of their food. Would love for you to weigh in on Facebook and Twitter. And by the way, we're always searching Serving Up Seconds with recipes galore at chefjamie.com. If you love to cook or love to eat, stay tuned. Coming up, we're going to dish with Chef Catherine Kelly, the executive chef of the Bon Appetit Culinary Center on board Oceana Cruise Lines. We hope you'll come cruise with us this September as we tour the Baltics, and she's going to share with us some of her favorite restaurants from the region. Also coming up, he was named by Food & Wine Magazine as one of the top new best chefs. He's Bryant Eng, and if you haven't been to Spice Taste, Los Angeles. We're going to take you there virtually this morning. Also, the flavor forecast for 2013. The report that's released from McCormick that gives us the trends we can expect to see. Chef Mark Garcia of McCormick is going to join us at the beginning of the 9 o'clock hour. Also, Diane Worthington's sharing her best winter dishes. And we're going to talk metabolic workouts because if you love to eat then you have to work out. And Lisa Lynn, our resident fitness expert, will be here. Plus, we're Dishing on the big game. It's one of the biggest social gatherings of the year coming up next Sunday, of course. And we've got really delicious dishes, in fact. Everything from cocktails to the ultimate Cajun nachos to an entire menu to plan your Super Bowl party. So check it out at chefjamie.com. The Super Bowl, actually, Lana, this morning, um, I wanted to mention, will be in the Super Bowl, uh, Superdome, rather as everybody knows. But did you know that this year actually marks the 10th time that New Orleans, the Big Easy, has been selected as the host city for the big game, which is more than any other individual city. So New Orleans is going to be
2: partying, let me tell you. Oh, and they deserve the business, don't they?
1: That they do. So if you're planning a trip, I know that you're certainly considering doing your part to bring the city back, and we are too. This morning, I'm doing my part, as is Lana, to help make you a better cook by kicking off with the technique of the week. It's meant to be a little something that can change your life in the kitchen big time the not so secret secrets that i find very helpful in my kitchen this week's technique of the week is the beauty of pot pie now pot pie is actually defined in a culinary dictionary as a baked savory pie completely encased in some sort of flaky crust i don't matter i don't care what you call it it doesn't matter I just call it delicious. And you can top it with any crust. I loved your idea, Lana, that we were talking about because Lisa Lynn coming on makes us think January, new you, lean and clean. And you can actually slim down your pot pie. Yes, I top mine with phyllo dough. And shreds of sh- it,
2: strips could either be of the it. shredded kind or just cut wide strips from a package of phyllo and push it all together. Right. Make it into a... Sort of a flattish... Uh, con- like a loose ball exactly.
1: almost, but a little bit flatter, right? Exactly. And then you just plop it right on top and yes, bake it. and
2: it looks beautiful when yeah.
1: it's finished. It looks very bird's
2: nest-like.
1: Mm-hmm. And I happen to love a, a, a hearty comfort food meal, one that's ready to eat in no time, and pot pie always seems to satisfy. There's no doubt it's a childhood favorite for many of us. It's actually believed that English settlers brought the tradition of the pot pie when they came to America... While the dish may have originated in England, we made it our, uh, our specialty. rather So much so that in 1951, Swanson began mass-producing this true classic and selling it on freezer shelves everywhere. It was an immediate hit. It remains, in fact, the third best-selling frozen food item today but this homemade tradition can be made very simply today whether you cook the chicken yourself or you shortcut it with a rotisserie chicken you can use all the leftover veggies in your vegetable bin and then you know some creamy sauce whether it be bechamel or one that you make a little bit lighter using low-fat milk Mm -hmm. and that's simple to do by the way thicken it and flavor it up nutmeg essential here Mm -hmm. by the way and
2: you could add bacon
1: well, yes, that you could for sheer <laughs> <sure>. indulgence. Bacon <laughs> makes everything better. Mm-hmm. And then that flaky crust. I don't think that the explanation of Popeye has to be very strict. I think there's an endless opportunity of flavor combinations. And the toppings, like you mentioned, could be the phyllo, could be puff pastry, could be crumbled cornbread, could be mashed potatoes, could be biscuit dough. And the fillings can be infused with just about anything. I mean, you could make an Indian suede pot pie. Or you could make a chicken and vegetable like the traditional. You could combine steak with pasilla or Anaheim chilies and make a steak and green chili pot pie. Uh, You could uh, with the uh, big game in New Orleans, consider making Cajun inspired Louisiana pizzazz Cajun shrimp pot pie um, but my updated twist on pot pie of course incorporates bacon you know me Lana mm-hmm. and dry sherry <laughs> and a luxurious sauce and what I like to do is pre-bake the puff pastry rounds and make a free form pot pie so you cook the mixture on top of the stove you bake the rounds cut out from the puff, frozen puff pastry mm. and then you can just assemble by ladling that creamy chicken and vegetable mixture into big ramekins or bowls Top it with the already baked circle of puff pastry And you don't have the long time in the oven In preparation of
2: putting the meal on the table Oh, that's a great idea You could also do that with the phyllo dough as well I'm going to try that You
1: certainly could Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is perfect I think it's heartwarming and soul warming And you'll find the beauty of pot pie The technique of the week posted at chefjamie.com So please check it out Okay, imagine a patio overlooking dancing fountains with views of the Eiffel Tower and lights as far as you can see. This is where Lana and I were once again recently. You're not munching on a croissant in Paris, by the way. You're at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. We had another truly delicious trip. We have lots of friends there. And so we go on a culinary journey to Vegas to try to really experience what I think is some of the best food in the country, bringing a whole new meaning to a Vegas vacation. The Cosmopolitan, which we love, has a whole floor, a level it's on its own, of restaurants. And if you haven't been lately, you really need to go. We went to do a very exciting interview with the culinary director of Jose Andres' food group. His name is Joe Rafa. What a fascinating guy he is, Lana, didn't you think? Oh, he's marvelous. And, and a food lover mm-hmm. to the core I mean, all the way through, mm-hmm. this gentleman certainly has his finger on the pulse of fabulous food, having been with Jose Andres, my culinary crush, everybody knows, for a lot of years. And we ate at China Poblano, which is uh, Jose Andres's innovative Mexican meats, Asian casual concept. And there's nothing like a golden pig. It's everything you love about a pork bao fried and dipped in homemade sweetened condensed milk. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> it is just that good. They make um, incredible shumai as well. I thought that those dumplings were some of the best I've had in and out of Chinatown.
2: Mm, Did you uh, agree? Yes, most definitely.
1: And the trend that we're seeing and certainly an old Asian tradition brought back um, is this juicy dumpling. We're starting to see more of that juicy, wonderful beef or pork stock that's made into a jelly almost, right, congealed. And then they put a cube of this little uh, pork stock gel in the bottom of the dumpling and when they steam it it releases and the bottom of one of those shumai that we had at china poblano in the cosmopolitan las vegas had that juicy burst which i just absolutely love the carnitas tacos are pretty incredible too it's like pork on pork, mm. so you get that wonderful pork that has all that slow-cooked, braising deliciousness to it for hours and hours on end with the pork cracklings on top. And then we ate, of course, um, at uh, DOCG, Scott Conant's incredible Italian trattoria, because there's nothing better than fonduta, his Italian fondue, with a duck egg poached on top where you break it open mm. and the yolk oozes. And then we had the grilled bread. Oh, I know. That is the best dish. (laughs) Breakfast, (laughs) lunch, and dinner. In the whole world. Second to his caramel budino, which was rated Mm. the number one dessert in Las Vegas, by the way. And it has um, pretzel... Bark on the top, the sea salt, delicious, sweet, savory yumminess. You have to check it out. If you haven't been to Vegas lately, plan a stay at the Cosmopolitan and check out our travel blog at chefjamie.com where you can read all about the restaurants and even the secret pizza joint. Stay tuned as the delicious conversation continues. We are going to bring you the ever evolving culinary landscape and we're inviting you to come cruise with us. There's still space available, $4,300 per person. Well, hopefully allow you to come celebrate an incredible Baltics cruise coming up this September 3rd on Oceana's The Marina Ship. I'll be cooking on board, and you're invited to private cooking classes and food and wine seminars. Stay tuned. Chef Catherine Kelly Kelly is telling us the best of the region right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. The delicious conversation continues. Don't go away. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. This is two hours of satiation for all of you food fanatics, for people who love to cook and love to eat, delivering the world of food directly to your radio. We are taking a culinary journey, and you are invited. To the Baltics, it's an odyssey. Coming up this September, I am so delighted and proud to once again be bringing a group on board and cooking on board Oceana Cruise Line's Marina ship, their Bon Appetit Culinary Center, the first ever hands-on cooking school at sea. Oceana, known for its exotic worldwide itineraries, the all-sweet accommodations, the gracious service the sumptuous gourmet cuisine, and the incredible talent. Catherine Kelly is a CIA grad and fellow, in fact, and has an illustrious, experienced Uh, resume and uh, certainly background in the food industry. And she has taken to sharing her culinary skills on board a cruise line that is offering the best of the food world. And I'm very honored and delighted to know this woman and to tell you that she will be on board our cruise to which you are invited. Catherine Kelly is the culinary director and the enrichment director, along with the executive chef of the Bon Appetit Culinary Center on Oceana Cruise Lines, both the Marina, which we'll be cruising on, and the Riviera cruise ship. And she joins us live to dish on our upcoming adventure. Glad to have you back, Chef. Thank you and good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you?
1: Doing well. And you? Good. Thank you. Okay, so we've gathered a group, and we're still gaining ground here. There is still space available. Uh, we travel this September. In fact, we uh, leave September 3rd uh, from Copenhagen, Denmark. And we've talked about the itinerary. You highlighted really what are uh, gastronomic awakenings in many of these regions. And then we got a bunch of questions that came in, as I know you do often, from those that will be traveling with us that are entertaining the idea of cruising Where to go, what to do. And so we're so glad that you're back to offer your expertise. Let's lunch, shall we? (laughs) Yes, let's. Everybody wants to know where to lunch.
3: The, uh, first city, September 3rd, is in Copenhagen. And if we just look at Copenhagen, what's unique about Copenhagen is that the chefs there, beginning with the restaurant Noma, which has won the number one restaurant in the world now for the third year in a row, it is that uh, they have eschewed the whole idea of using imported ingredients and have stuck to the ingredients of Copenhagen and of the country of Denmark. Noma, is, by the way, is a great place to have lunch. You can you can try to get reservations. It's difficult to get reservations for dinner, not as difficult for lunch, but that might be a good day one before you embark adventure. Good to um, know. There are probably 10 or 20 restaurants. You can find them on um, a TripAdvisor or on Zagat um, and just kind of go through the Internet and find something that suits your fancy. But what I would strongly advise is when you're in Copenhagen, you want to eat Danish food. So find an okay. authentic Danish restaurant. And again, yeah. just as you said, Jamie, a lot of, you know, smoking, pickling, preserving, Salted, yeah. you know. Bring, yeah.
1: bring it on. Yeah. I, I love the idea of travel. Most specifically for the experience and for the adventurous side for food lovers. Because when you go to a new place, embark on really opening up the opportunity to improving, increasing, and elevating your palate. And like you said, Catherine, try something you haven't tasted before. Experience the cuisine that is new to you. And you're keeping us so in the know. I mean, this is really a culinary adventure by the way if you've just tuned in you're late she is Catherine Kelly uh, executive chef and culinary enrichment director for the Bon Appetit Culinary Center hands on cooking school at sea for Oceana Cruise Lines she travels 10 months a year experiences the world and is bringing back insider knowledge as to the Baltics where to eat uh, where to go and what to buy and you're invited we hope that you will come cruise with us coming up this September we embark on a Baltic Odyssey. I'll be cooking on board, teaching food and wine seminars. Catherine has offered her culinary expertise for blinnies and caviar. I mean, come on, how could you turn that down? Some of the most incredible food coming out of this region. September 3rd, you are expected to be on board with us. Catherine <laughs> will be there. Where else would you be? Chef, take us to Helsinki, Finland. Last oh, time we it's spoke. one of my favorite
3: places, I Jamie. know. It's you so love it. It's so gorgeous. You get off the ship and it's about a 10 minute ride into the center of town. And they have two markets. one is an indoor market, which looks like an old train station. it's a brick-covered slate-roofed building. and then outside is the uh, produce uh, sort of outdoor market, and then they have all kinds of beautiful stands where they're you know making grilled salmon and mm-hmm. reindeer sausage sandwiches mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. But inside you'll find, because of where we are in the world, obviously the size of the salmon is huge, and you might find salmon that's cured in up to 12 or 14, 15 different ways. And then you'll find all kinds of charcuterie or pates made from reindeer, uh, which is obviously indigenous to the area. I usually take a group of people, and we go and hang out in the market. And uh, depending on the time of year, the berries are beautiful. The produce is just fantastic. And then we literally walk across the street. There's a restaurant there called Cosmos. It starts with a K, K-O-S-M-O-S. And it's authentic Finnish food, very high-end, but they have indoor-outdoor sort of seating. So if you want something more formal, you can sit inside. But it's all Finnish food. And Finnish food is interesting because they love meat in this part of the world. But they also realize that meat can be kind of heavy, so they lighten up uh, their foods with berries, so lots of compotes and berries. So mm. I was a chef in Seattle for six years, many years ago, and we do the same thing in, in the Pacific Northwest cuisine where you have a lot of fish that's, you know, not oily in the in the bad sense but in a, a Oily great, in uh, a good sense. Oily in a good sense. Yes. And you want to lighten that up or change the flavor profile a little bit by adding – uh, these wonderful lingonberry jams.
1: Okay, I'm in. I love the contrast. In. I'm in. Yeah. I love the contrast idea of the the tart berry, the acidic pungency, yep. the bright flavor that offsets the richness of the fish right. and the intense flavor. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really beautiful dynamic and it yeah. would be wonderful to experience it. And you had Lana at Lingenberry,
3: right, Lana? Oh my yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Lingenberry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over. Right? Oh, can't uh, wait. Swedish yeah.
1: pancakes. Yes.
3: Uh, yeah. um, this is one of the hottest cuisines going. Take
1: us with about a minute or so left here. There's never enough time, Catherine. I, know. I would like to sit and have coffee with you for a few days <laughs> and uh, and hear about all of your travels. Uh, yeah. Uh, but take us to lunch if you would in Stockholm uh, Stockholm, yes Yes. because
3: that's where we're ending the cruise that's
1: where we uh, disembark from right
3: there is a place called the Grand Hotel and it's in downtown Stockholm and they have a a dining room called the Veranda which is probably one of the most famous uh, smorgasbords anywhere in the world it's just, you don't even want to pick up the food because it's just so beautifully laid out. I mean, if you think of the Japanese and that they're so meticulous about the way the food is presented, um, you find that likewise attention to detail in the beauty of the color um, the size of the food, uh, and so forth in these smorgasbord. So it's really important if you're on a culinary tour in the Baltic that you do at least one smorgasbord, and the place to do it is in Stockholm. So, uh, you know, and it's a, it's a phenomenal city. All these cities are very food, foodie oriented. Yes. Great wines. Um, you know, you could try, you know, I always, I know you're doing a, a series on food and wine. Uh, on the ship, you know, always encourage people to drink the local wines because, um, you know, there's some really interesting wines in the, in the Baltic region as well. And of course, when you're in Russia, you got to drink vodka. So, you know,
1: oh, twist my arm. <laughs> there's uh, That's so right. much to learn and see and taste. And we hope you will join us. You'll have an opportunity to meet, learn from, and cook with Chef Catherine Kelly on board in the Bon Appetit Culinary Center, Culinary Enrichment Director. We travel on board Oceana and we bring our food-loving friends like you on board because it is the most delicious cruise line at sea, and you are invited. Please come cruise with us. This coming September 3rd, we embark on a 10-day Baltic Odyssey. The price starts at just over $4,300 per person, including a round-trip airfare to Europe. It's an incredible value, and there is room your cabin is awaiting available to you. And Catherine, thank you for being a gracious guide and for being so generous. We can't wait for Blinnies and Caviar with you.
3: (laughs) Well, I look forward to you and and your group and sharing one of my favorite Places in the world with uh, with you and with your guests.
1: And we can't wait. We're so delighted you're going to be on this cruise, yes. this particular itinerary. Very I'm excited about that. Very glad to be on board with you. So thank you again for sharing your passion. Great. We truly appreciate it. You can learn more at chefjamie.com. That is an ongoing discussion among foodies, in fact. And you can stay tuned for more secrets to culinary trends, restaurant news, kitchen gossip, and more, you can find again the cruise itinerary at chefjamie.com. There is more through foodandwinetrails.com. And to follow Catherine's journeys as well, you should check out the blog spot where she shares with you her most recent culinary experiences at OceanacruzBlog.com. More after this, don't go away. <laughs> Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. Two hours of satiation for all you food fanatics. Stay tuned, you just might learn something. We are sharing culinary wisdom, inspiring you to be a better cook. And I don't know many more inspiring chefs than this gentleman. He was recently named, and you heard us boasting about it here in your radio, as one of Food & Wine Magazine's top 10 best new chefs. He is featured in the new cookbook. You heard us speaking with Kate Headings about food and wine, America's greatest new cooks. And he has been touted by the likes of LA Magazine, Food and Wine Magazine, LA Street Food, LA Weekly, Angelino Eater LA. Details, should I go on? Really, the truth is that this gentleman is just a damn good cook. And he's getting lots of incredible acclaim from his first restaurant called The Spice Table in downtown Los Angeles. He hails from Pizzeria Mozza, Daniel Boulou in New York. He trained under Mark Peel in L.A. as well. And we are delighted that located in the heart of the little Tokyo neighborhood is The Spice Table, where behind the stove is Bryant Ng, along with his wife, Kim, who works the restaurant as well. This is a family fair and a chef that is going places he joins us live for the first time and this really is a coup if we could bow on the radio that's how good this guy is it's a pleasure to have you chef good morning
4: good morning and you flatter the hell out of me. well good (laughs) that's a good thing absolutely (laughs) that's great well thank you for having me I appreciate it
1: yes a pleasure okay there's some really amazing interviews that are very real and very honest and to the core that you've done, that are uh, posted online, that have run in multiple magazines. And what I think is most interesting about it is that your food has been very much touted by description as the food of L.A. And I wonder if you could define that for us because you have a diverse culinary background.
4: Well, the truth is the food of L.A. is very uh, diverse, and that's the beauty of L.A. And so I think what I'm doing is I'm combining a lot of my experiences and my heritage as well as the heritage of my wife, Kim, and then combining those things and and doing cuisine with that. And so that comes from uh, my heritage, which is, of course, Singaporean. That's where my father's from. And then there's Vietnamese because that's where Kim's family's from.
1: And then you and I talked off the record a little bit about your mother's roots in Hong Kong, which, by the way, was some of the most experimental and really incredibly compounded, flavor-profiled food I've ever had.
4: It's really amazing over there, isn't it?
1: Really incredible. So Hong Kong Roots as well, a Chinese restaurant in your childhood. Correct. And now today, sort of a a mix of ethnic cultures.
4: Absolutely. And it's just a product of who I am, Hmm. a product of growing up in Los Angeles um, and then frequently going to Singapore and also my experiences working in in San Francisco and in New York and, of course, in Los Angeles as well.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the menu. And feel free, by the way, Chef, to throw out some free tips along the way, okay? absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) For Super Bowl, Lana's already committed to making your curry-fried chicken wings. Right. This is an incredible twist. It's panko and cornstarch combined, by the way, to give you that incredibly irresistible crisp coating. Tell us more.
4: One of the key things is, the kind of dry brining process. So you take the seasonings, the salt, and a little bit of vinegar. And the vinegar is great because it adds a slight bit of acidity, but it helps break down some of the uh, proteins as well. So you get something that's very juicy
3: Mm. and it's
4: very tender. And so you actually, the day before, you dry brine it, essentially. And then you coat it and then you fry it. Now, the reason I do the panko as well as cornstarch is because the cornstarch is great. Because it it sticks, sticks very well, and the panko is very crispy. Now, if you see in the recipe, I actually grind the panko up so that you have uh, more of a flour fine texture to it than the traditional panko that you find.
1: Okay, so we just had a very long. Culinary inspired conversation, Lana and I, that's very funny about processing essentially or grinding the panko down so that it's not as rough a cut, Mm -hmm, but you still get the texture of it. And we knew it came from somewhere genius. (laughs) That's pretty (laughs) fabulous. I think that's a great trick for coating anything. I mean, whether you're coating a chicken breast or a chicken wing for that matter, or you're crusting a pork chop. I love the, the flavor profile because it sort of lends itself to anything of panko. And I like the texture, but it's almost too rough out of the bag.
4: It is. And it really depends on what you're using it for. And sometimes you are looking for that, that textural, very crunch to it, and then it'll be perfect. But when you're not, you can definitely grind it and treat it like flour.
1: It's a good trick. I would oh. like to have my curry-fried chicken wings, by the way, um, right alongside my fried cauliflower with tangy dipping sauce. This is a recipe, I think, that has made you even more famous. You might go down in history for this one.
4: I hope so. <laughs> I,
1: I hope so, too, for you. Um, talk about it, if you would. It has a very um, Vietnamese-influenced dipping sauce. Is that what sort of uh, created the dish?
4: And, and what created the dish was one day I was sitting before we opened the restaurant, talking to my wife, Kim, and I said, what kind of vegetables did you eat growing up? And they were very simple, and she said, cauliflower. I said, well, I love cauliflower. Why don't we fry it? You know, why not, right? Because it's delicious. And when you fry anything, like french fry, it becomes something very different. Mm. It's almost like you turn cauliflower into a gateway vegetable, if you will. <laughs> right? I like that. And um, with the dipping sauce itself, that is actually uh, directly from uh, Kim's uh, late mother my, my mother-in-law hmm. and it was her recipe
1: and Asian fish sauce and lime juice and sugar and garlic come together very much in a mm. traditional Vietnamese style absolutely and I, I love that you make a batter but not one that's just quickly mixed together but more so with the addition of uh, beaten egg whites to add uh, just that airy wonderful coating and then of course it would be only better with beer
4: Right, absolutely. Everything's <laughs> better with
1: beer, isn't it? Uh, everything's better with, I call it three B's, Bryant. Beer, butter, and bacon.
4: Oh, I'm in love.
1: Do you like it? <laughs> I like it.
4: Okay. The three B's. You're,
1: you're, you're welcome to adopt it all you want. You must give credit, though.
4: Okay, yeah, I will okay. give you
1: credit, absolutely. Okay, I would like that. Um, more to the menu. And by the way, if you've just tuned in, you are really late because we have Chef Bryant Ng with us. Spice Table Los Angeles. The website so that you two can drool on your computer like we do is the dot com. And we're dishing on his menu, his um, ethnic culinary influence, and we'll get to a little bit more about Bryant in a, a few questions, Chef, that we like to call "How to Better Get to Know You." So, sure. yes, Lana, w- was there something on there's, the menu there that you were pointing oh, to and gawking? Quite, at? Well, I order
2: every dish, but yes, the st- but the top three of four, cream kale that you do. Ooh. Right. That yes. Just, and it says next to it in parentheses, house-made paneer grilled pork belly.
1: That's really interesting. You're making house-made paneer. Um,
4: right.
1: Not at all Asian-influenced.
4: Well, it is Indian.
1: In, well, mm. you know, you're very right. I don't think of it that way, but very right. much from an Indian perspective, yes. And,
4: and when you look at the cuisine of Singapore, mm. you're talking about influences from India. Yes, uh, Malaysia, and China. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't so thinking broad, broad enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And then you have a catfish cl- a clay pot mm. right. and an oyster and, and crab pan roast. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all, it, that's, oh my God. And then uh, I'd like to know, how much do you sell of the grilled pig's tail?
4: That is one of our number one <gasps> sellers. I knew you'd say Believe that. it or not, believe it or not. <laughs> And it's because it's one of those dishes that's very unique in its own way, and it's actually inspired um, by the Vietnamese nem nung, which is the uh, Vietnamese grilled sausage, and you take it and you wrap it in the, the lettuce leaves and the herbs and you dip it in the fish sauce. And so the the, the idea behind that was to do that, and then I decided to use pig's tail because, well, why not? It's beautiful. It's it's. It has fattiness, it has skin, and it has lean meat in it as well. Mm. You get a combination of all that. It's like eating the best spare ribs you've ever had, right? Mm. And it's meltingly tender. Mm. And so what I do is actually braise it first in fish sauce and garlic, and you get that that flavor profile that I was looking for. And then I finish it on the grill. And that way it picks up some char and it Mm. picks up a little bit of smoke. And then you take it, you you rip apart the meat, the skin, you mix it all up, um, and you put it... And the lettuce leaves and the herbs and you dip it in the fish sauce. So essentially you get something that is usually like a pigtail very uh rich. But when you wrap it in the lettuces, it really lightens the dish and it gives it a lot of balance.
1: Okay. I just picked myself up off the floor after that description. That's one of the dishes we've not had at the restaurant yet. So we'll be over. What time does dinner start?
4: 5.30. 5.30. There we go.
1: 5.30. I love that. Bryant, will you please stay with us? We're taking a quick break. When we come back, there's more sumptuous conversation in your radio. The delicious conversation continues. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, Chef Bryant Ng of the Spice Table Los Angeles is with us. Okay, so that we can better get to know you, Chef, leave us with, if you would, a few answers to the following questions. Absolutely. We want to know what's in your fridge at home, like the best condiment on the door, or what can we find? Is it a full fridge?
4: It is pretty much a full fridge. If you're looking at condiments, I always have sriracha. That's just one of those things. It's like the spicy ketchup, right? Yes. Uh, ubiquitous. Um, but my refrigerator is full of food that, that my wife Kim cooks. Hmm. She cooks a lot. Uh, you know, I don't really have time to to cook when I get home, which is usually pretty late. And so she is an amazing cook. And so I'm fortunate enough to come home and have something to eat.
1: Oh, you're very blessed. Um, give us the best piece of advice or tip that you would give a home cook.
4: Taste your food. Yes. Always taste your food. Oh, uh, you know, for tremendous. some reason, everybody hesitates to taste even during the process. And I think that's really important. You need to understand the, the nuances as you cook. And it's not just seasoning at the end or, or putting in that tablespoon of salt that it says that it's required in your recipe. You need to taste throughout the process. Add a little salt in the beginning. Taste it. Add a little salt in the middle. Taste it. And then finish it. reseason if you need to.
1: I think those are great suggestions, and I talk about them very often. Keep tasting spoons by the stove Absolutely. to encourage yourself to taste. And last but not least, I'll usually, usually ask a chef, where are you on a typical Saturday or Sunday? But if you don't mind my taking the question one step further, we understand on Saturdays now we can find you for brunch at the spice table, which is a really big deal. This is sort of what you and Kim, I know, always find yourselves loving and eating on Saturdays, so you're bringing it now to us.
4: Absolutely. And for me, you know, when I think of brunch and I think of the end of the week, I just want to, you know, relax with the coffee and newspaper. And usually when I think brunch, I think classic American food. Mm-hmm. I'm Almost dinerish, right? Eggs, bacon, sausage. That sort of thing. And so I really wanted to create that here at the spice table, but then do it a little bit unique, but still familiar. And so we do have those dishes, like uh, the sausage, which we make in-house. We have bacon. We do that. But then also we have uh, Asian specialties, like congee. We do a dry scallop congee. Also, mm-hmm. we do like a crab wonton noodle soup.
5: Ooh, nice. And and,
4: and one thing that I'm um, I'm really happy with, because I love donuts, Kim and I just love donuts. Everywhere we go, we got to have a donut, right? And I love the fried ones, of course. I'm a huge yeast donut fan. And so what I did was we have a dish called Kaya Toast at the restaurant. Yeah,
1: by the way, wait, Lana and I, we're raising our hands right now in the <laughs> studio for that one. We're placing yeah. our order. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> two. Two orders, right? There two orders. Donuts. Maybe three. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe. I don't want to share mine.
4: Uh, there you go. So it's but a yeast-based what? donut? It's a yeast-based donut, and Mm. it's fried. So it's the delicious one. Mm. And so I wanted to take the flavors of the kaya. Now, for those who don't know what the kaya is, it's essentially a coconut jam. And there's coconut, there's pandan leaf, and a little bit of uh, cinnamon in there as well, and it's essentially like a custard. And Mm. traditionally, you put it between bread and you eat it like that. Well, I decided, well, I love donuts. Let's do a donut, and let's make a glaze out of this kaya jam. And that's essentially what we did. And oh. we sprinkle it with a little bit of sea salt. Oh. So you get a bit of that savoriness and a crunch of the salt. Okay, it kind enough. Of balances. Oh, <laughs> enough.
1: Slow cooked eggs, soy and white pepper. Next Saturday, you know where we'll be.
4: And and I'm seeing you tonight, anyways but, at 5:30. So. You know
1: tonight it's a Sunday, so no, you're <laughs> off tonight. In oh, fact, you're right. tomorrow <laughs> next night. Next Saturday or next Saturday for brunch. Right. Leave us with this. And by the way, uh, you've just heard, I think, um, an absolutely influential, interesting, inspiring interview with Bryant Ng. Remember that name. This chef is going places. You have a brilliant burger, Bryant. Uh, yes, one exactly. that is just juicy and drip down your t- chin, delicious. And if I was making burgers at home tonight, what would you suggest I do?
4: Assuming you don't have a shellfish allergy, <laughs> I would put a little bit of shrimp paste, about half a teaspoon of shrimp paste that you can find at your local Asian market, and put it into your ground beef. Now, what that's going to do is it's going to add this sort of uh, complexity and bring out the beefiness of the beef itself and it doesn't really give it a fishy quality but it brings out flavors so you're talking about umami essentially
1: lana was just mouthing to me umami (laughs) across the studio absolutely (laughs) brilliant a half a teaspoon of shrimp paste to to a pound pound. of ground beef correct Your burger just became brilliant from one of the top 10 chefs in the U.S. He is Bryant-ing. You know, we're all rushing to the Asian market to buy shrimp paste right after this show now. There are going to be masses of people in Los Angeles. We we lost
2: some
4: people already. Yeah, we did. They already
1: (laughs) got in their car. That's true. Left the house to get in the car. Uh, yeah, you... they all the the market's all me 10% now. So there you think. go. N- now you're talking. You will find him behind the stove at the Spice Table in downtown Los Angeles. His new brunch menu has just released and you'll find he and Kim in the restaurant on Saturdays serving brunch every Saturday in fact from a menu that is not to be missed. And we hope too that you will check out Food and Wine America's greatest new cooks to find his spectacular recipes he is today's star i believe and as food and wine has called you tomorrow's star as well chef and we can't wait to see you at the restaurant soon we send you and kim our best and we're going to send everybody to the spice the spicetable.com to learn more it was a pleasure brian thank
4: you thank you very much thanks for thank having you. me it was
1: fabulous What a cool guy he is, I have to tell you, and an extraordinary chef. It was really nice catching up with Brian Eng. And on Facebook at Chef Jamie Gwen, I've given you a link to his Facebook page as well so you can see the goings on and... So you can sort of salivate on your computer over the delicious dishes that Bryant is ever creating. We hope you'll stay tuned. Coming up next hour, a whole nother hour of delicious conversation. Chef Mark Garcia of McCormick is coming up to share with us the flavor forecast for 2013 global ingredients are definitely on the menu. Trust me, you want to hear about it. It's really interesting and fascinating conversation. Plus, Diane Worthington is planning parties with the best winter dishes and Lisa Lynn, our resident fitness expert, will join us to talk about a metabolic workout because if you love to eat, you have to work out. Plus, Lana and I are going to dish on plans for the big game party we know you're having. Wait till you see these Cajun nachos at chefjamie.com that I planned for the best of... New Orleans flavors on Dewey and all that good stuff. Plus the cook with Lana recipe this week is a peanut butter pie that is absolutely outrageous. Trust me, I had to taste it. I call it research. Oh, it was so good. Here's a big Super Bowl idea for you. Are you looking for a totally simple but full of flavor dish to feed a crowd? How about making bacon-wrapped jalapeno popper stuffed chicken? Oh yeah, baby. Here's everything you love about a popper the jalapeno, the cream cheese, the cheddar cheese stuffed into a chicken breast. So you actually lay the chicken flat, you know, season it with salt and pepper. And then you want to cut a a slit so that you can actually stuff that cream cheese, jalapeno, cheddar cheese mixture inside. And then you're going to wrap the entire chicken breast in a couple of slices of bacon because bacon does make everything better and then place the chicken breast in a baking dish and bake it 400 for about 25 minutes or so. Absolutely delicious. This would make an amazing main course for those that love heat And sweet and good cheesy goodness, the bacon-wrapped jalapeno popper stuffed chicken will be on Facebook at Chef Jamie Gwen in a matter of minutes. And if you're looking to eat out, you know, we're celebrating restaurants this entire month, in fact, with not only the Orange County Restaurant Week here in Southern California, but Dine LA Restaurant Week starts tomorrow. Indulge your passion for food while enjoying really incredibly priced meals at hundreds of amazing restaurants throughout Los Angeles. In fact, more restaurants than ever before are participating. Lunches are priced at $15, $20, and $25, and the dinners are $25, $35, and 45 Lots of different neighborhood restaurants, the big names, the small names as well, your favorite restaurants. It's a really wonderful way to eat your heart out and to experience what the food scene here in Los Angeles is all about. So check it out at discoverlosangeles.com slash dine LA. Grab a snack and come on back because there is more fabulous food in your radio. We've got quick recipes, prep advice, and great ideas, and we're guaranteeing to make you hungry. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana. There's more after this.
5: Watch.
0: Welcome to the second hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn, dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Welcome
1: back. This is Cooking and Entertaining from a Chef's Point of View. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio. This is my favorite time of year because I love when the McCormick Flavor Forecast is released. McCormick has unveiled its flavor forecast for 2013. And it's smoky and it's spicy and it's full of ethnic influence. Now in its 13th year, the report is an annual spotlight on the emerging trends that you can expect to see in food this year in terms of flavor innovation. And this gentleman is a true flavor innovator he is chef mark garcia the director of mccormick kitchens and he joins us once again to share what we can expect to see on our plate this year. A very Happy New Year to you, Mark. Glad to have you back.
6: Oh, yes, and thank you both and Happy New Year to you both as well. Appreciate you you. taking time out today. Of course.
1: Thank you for taking the time out to identify some of these flavor trends. You know that I happen to be uh, very trend-focused, and I love to start off the year and hopefully uh, forecast as you do what we can expect to see. What I think is most incredible about what you do is that your forecasts come from a global team of experts. So tell us how you compiled this information.:
6: To develop the report, and it is global in nature, as you mentioned we have a group of our McCormick chefs, uh, team members from our culinary kitchens, our sensory scientists, our dietitians, our trend trackers, our marketing experts and food technologists from across the globe who come together and we do discuss new trends and findings in flavor. And it is a year-long process that we go through. It's a a very rigorous, part art, part science. Mm -hmm. But our team established possible themes that we'll come up with in the flavor forecast, taking in insights and the expertise from those brands and those individuals from across the world, countries including Australia, Europe, South Africa, Latin America, and of course, right here in North America.
1: I think it is really an incredible global report. And you can follow along, by the way, there is an Exceptional website with some of the most vivid food photography we have seen. It's flavorforecast.com. And you've actually identified five trends that you believe will drive new product development and innovative menu additions over the coming years. And I love that you've chosen a recipe inspired by traditional Mexican ingredients and one by the infusion of Japanese flavors. And the recipes are recipes that we can relate to, but the ingredients have a twist. And I happen to be a Mexican food lover, and I, I love the idea we can all relate, as you mentioned, to caramel, but using the traditional Mexican flavor of Cajeta, a Mexican caramel sauce infused with the flavor of anise, just really brings it alive. And that's that global perspective that allows us to discover very unlimited flavor possibilities. Talk to us about no apologies necessary, if you would, please, Mark.
6: You betcha. You know, the uh, in the two combinations here, the decadent bitter chocolate with sweet basil and passion fruit, mm-hmm. as well as the black rum, the charred orange, and the allspice, those are, you know, sumptuous flavors, if you will. That's a good word I love to do to describe those. But it also gives us that benefit of a momentary escape, a little bit of indulgent, perhaps. And, again, no apologies necessary. If you look at the first combination with the bittersweet chocolate, the sweet basil and passion fruit, that sounds very indulgent. Just hearing passion fruit, mm-hmm. uh, just hearing a little bit of chocolate, that just sounds mm-hmm. very indulgent, but yes. not too heavy. But it's a great combination in that those three ingredients really work well together.
1: It's very sensory, too. It's and very sensory, Very absolutely. sensory. <laughs> and that's where no apologies necessary. The trend from McCormick comes about. And that is, just so you know, Chef, I'm not apologizing for my <laughs> addiction right. to bitter chocolate, sweet basil, and
2: passion fruit together. We love passion fruit. When, especially when it's fresh and has just come out, and to yep. mix it with basil is sounds like the most wonderful combination. Mm, mm, can't wait to taste it. Mm.
1: Talk to us about personally handcrafted. Uh, the second in the top five food trends coming out from the flavor forecast from McCormick. This is a very hands-on approach, and I've always believed in the concept of gifts of food, chef, yeah. and the idea of you know crafting dishes. You know whether it be jars of jam or goodies and so on that are really a personal pride kind of recipe, per se.
6: You hit on two points that you made there exactly. I I think there's been a renewed interest in exactly that food is gifts. So the Mm -hmm. canning, the jams, the jellies, the pickling, you know, as we explore our knowledge and love of food, people are getting more into kind of like what, uh, you know, previous generations did, that that was just something from your heart, as you mentioned, that you personally handcrafted. It was your own signature spin on a recipe of grandma's favorite jam or jelly. And as we really noticed, the equipment that's available to make these in the home is becoming so much more available. And the flavors that we've chosen in this combination, I mean, when you hear cider, sage, molasses, again, there's mm. nothing really unique or kind of uh, exotic about those ingredients. Except They're very for rustic.
1: the combination of the three. That's
6: right. They, the combination really speaks to rustic and comforting. Uh, Because that could be a beverage, that could be a marinade for pork, that could be a wonderful Mm. sauce on dessert.
1: Marinade for pork, cider, sage, and molasses. Oh, I love it. And then there's this photo that makes me want to lick my computer screen for a rosemary smoked tomato jam with a poached egg. Right. Ron, are you looking at the same yes. thing on your side of the studio? Yes, I am. Oh my. Talk about amazing, the I know the umami profile of it with this wonderfully soft poached egg, the yolk running, the smokiness and the herbaceousness of the rosemary infusing into the tomato. Uh, it looks like beautiful country bread to me, gorgeously mm-hmm. toasted. I'll have breakfast right now, Mark. Right, if you don't just mind.: that
3: picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: The third <laughs> trend in the flavor forecast 2013 from McCormick is the idea of hidden potential and really uncovering the fullest flavors. Um, talk to us, if you would, about hidden potential.
6: Well, kind of uh, you know paralleling that personally handcrafted, so with the hidden potential, a waste not mentality. Really uncovering, but also bringing out those full flavors of every last part of the ingredients that you're using. Oh, this
1: is right so, up Lana's alley. Waste oh, not,
6: good. want not. Waste not, want not, Lana. That's right. Exactly. That's very good. That's a good way to look at it. Well, let's take the, the first uh, trend combination, the hearty meat cuts with plantain and stick cinnamon. Again, mm. nothing real exotic, very approachable, but it's a, real, it's a new take on the meat and potatoes if you look at it that way. Mm. That mm. these ingredients, while they may be simple and common really inspiring cooks, you know, to use creative approaches that pull out those unique flavors. Again, cinnamon, plantain, and very hearty, which tend to be, yes, you're more flavorful cuts of meat.
1: Right, and they tend to be less expensive. They, they tend, tend to, to be, be less
6: expensive. L- yep. larger
1: cuts. Uh, they can feed a crowd. Um, they, I think, have a better ratio of Oftentimes meat to fat so you get fabulous flavor in fact I think the winning recipe that Lana and I chose out of all of them was you've sort of recreated the meatball on a stick it's a lamb and plantain kofta with a tomato yogurt sauce will you tell us about it please
6: <laughs> you betcha and I'm chuckling because you're exactly right meatball on a stick I, I love hearing that's that. that's what <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, if you think about it, you know one very flavorful, very approachable. We love eating things with our hands, and if there's no fork or knife involved, that just makes it fun. But again, to your point, think of the flavors that you're pulling out of there that uh, again, just brings that whimsical fun, but it's also very flavorful in in the recipe itself.
1: with about a minute left here, last but not least, talk to us about empowered eating sure cause...
6: empowered eating that's a that's a great way to round out this segment here so. Mm. Again, I think you're seeing that theme that I mentioned earlier that's being woven through each of the trends. So creating health and wellness harmony, again, back to that highly personal, that handcrafted, flexible approach. So here we're kind of maybe uh, introducing your listeners to maybe some new ingredients that they either haven't used or aren't as familiar with. In the first combination, the farro grain, the blackberry, and clove. So we're taking that, that healthy, ancient grain. We're rediscovering it and mixing it with those wonderful hits from the blackberry and the spiciness of the clove. Mm. So, again, taking the familiar, blackberry and clove, but introducing and bringing in grains, as we know, are you know, hugely on trend and becoming much more a part of the diet, not just in, uh, in simple preparations. And then the second combination with the duca, which, uh, you know, think about that with the, the blend in the duca of cumin, coriander, sesame, and various nuts – we're just using fresh broccoli. You know, a good piece of steamed broccoli with a little bit of the duca as a crunchy topping. Very simple, but boy, full of flavor.
1: Oh, flavor's mm. coming alive. We're big faro fans, and I can't wait okay. to yes. make faro rice pudding. Oh my yes. gosh! <laughs> uh, are you speechless? <laughs> I, I am totally. <laughs> That's a beautiful recipe, and with that spice, the flavor of the cloves. I love and the blackberry
2: sauce. I yes, here. and the sweet
1: too. I love this fascinating collision, as you call it, of tradition and innovation. And these are the flavors that are at the core for the Flavor Forecast 2013, brought to us by McCormick. Please go to chefjamie.com. It will link you directly to incredible new recipes you will want to add to your collection. You'll be inspired by the photos and you will be on trend which all food lovers want to be the website flavorforecast.com to plan your meals for 2013 chef mark garcia director of mccormick kitchens always a pleasure mark we look forward to you coming back soon
6: all right thank you very much both of you jamie lana i look forward to seeing you both soon
1: yes as the delicious conversation continues there's more after this be right back Looking for recipes that are quick, easy, and fun? Well, you're in the right place. Happy New Year to you, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana at the start of 2013. We are planning a year filled with occasions to entertain, and whether it's for Sunday football or a lunch for eight or you're planning a, a winter feast with friends, well, you need Diane worthington by your side her book seriously simple parties recipes menus and advice for effortless entertaining is one of our favorites recently released at the end of last year and she joins us once again in your radio to share more delicious flavors and brilliant ideas thank you diane we're glad to have you welcome back happy new year
5: happy new year to you as well and it's a wonderful to be back with you
1: well thank you okay so talk to us about your super bowl sunday lunch for 10 to 16 because we love any excuse to celebrate but i love football (laughs) and
5: uh when i created when i i thought you gotta have that celebration you know that's Mm -hmm. and it's it's not just for the guys lots of women like to watch football for sure um i love these chicken dramas let's just say that the ones that i have been familiar with Generally, are teriyaki glaze. Well, I thought, what a fun thing to do a chicken drumette and make it with a romesco sauce. So I marinated it. A romesco sauce is uh, red pepper, and I put Marcona almonds in mine, and mm-hmm. it's puree with olive oil. Little garlic and it's just divine. I and agree,
1: and a simple, full of flavor, really bold sauce. Exactly, yeah. That like you talk about simplicity. I mean, twenty cookbooks of almost well twenty now, yes. 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 Of simplicity, this is a great way to add flavor from your pantry. <laughs> literally
5: and literally, yes, exactly. Which, by the way, is really important. If you're going to be a seriously simple cook, you got to have a good pantry. Mm-hmm. Things like the roasted peppers, you know, in jars that you can just whip out and add for a layer of flavor to things and lots of other things that are in the book Mm. for a pantry. But uh, you got to make these chicken drumettes. Couldn't be easier. And the other thing I love is the – I do a Parmesan artichoke dip that's, you know, it's pretty traditional. I'll I'll serve it with both crackers and, like, a crudite. I'm one of these people that still thinks you have to have crudite around because Mm. there are those people – and crudite – or just raw vegetables in a pretty platter. There are those people that prefer that, especially when you've got a big menu coming up. Yeah,
1: by the way, me, me, me. I mean, I, I am, I would say, dedicated to the crunch, the texture of a raw vegetable alongside the cracker, I have to have a salad on the table. To me, it adds that fresh profile to the hearty winter dishes and the stews and all the braises that we're eating right about now. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I'm, I'm all about the carrot and the celery sticks and even, you know, maybe some new and interesting vegetables like peeling the layers from a fennel bulb or putting out a variety of winter radishes so that you can add color to Beautiful. your crudité, yeah Beautiful. really really nice right and an additional flavor can we post the romesco sauce recipe diane Absolutely. on the website with credit to you this is just one of those recipes that you put in your back pocket
2: that you master right yeah that you, and you have
5: it and then you know the keep it
2: is, keep it in the refrigerator right
5: completely and you can use it in so many different ways mm-hmm. by the way you can use it as just a dipping sauce i mean when i made it up one time people were over the next thing you know, the French bread's going into the romesco oh, sauce, we and they're going, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is a yeah. perfect
1: dinner!" Right, that uh-huh. and a bottle of wine, and dinner's ready. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's true, but no, a jar of roasted red bell peppers. I love your addition of Marcona almonds. Yeah, um, some bread cut into small pieces that adds that thickening agent. Very traditional mm-hmm. in the Spanish style. Um, You use pimenton, which we're big on. And in fact, one of the spices that I have forecasted for 2013 to be a trendsetter, Um, you could use sweet smoked Spanish paprika, oh, says Diane, and we agree, extra virgin olive oil, salt and pepper. But you're right. It does a little of everything. It marinates chicken or fish, as you say. You could use it as a dip. Uh, You could put it over cream cheese and have a really savory spread. Mm
5: -hmm. Uh, I wonder how it would be over goat cheese.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Or Or feta, feta feta even. Oh, that would be fabulous. (laughs) love that idea. Diane, how long should I marinate the chicken wings for? Good question. Well, you can
5: usually do any chicken marinated. If there's any citrus in this, um, two to four hours. If there's no citrus, you can do a little bit longer. But you don't want the... Texture to
1: say. Right. And remember these are drumettes, so and it's a great question because it really depends on the actual size or cut of the poultry that you're using so Mm -hmm. if you happen to be doing brick chicken with lemon and rosemary and you've got chicken halves you're going to need more time to marinate than you would a little drumette that has less protein depth you know Mm -hmm. it it literally has what a half an inch or so of flavor to permeate you could get these done quick and you could still have a football party tonight uh, yeah i mean you could do them for an hour or a half it's not too late now what i think I'm making tonight, if you'd like to come over, Diane, is your (laughs) roasted shrimp cocktail. Because Lana found the mango cocktail sauce in the book, and we thought, oh, now this is fabulous.
5: It is fabulous, and once again, it's embarrassingly simple. But talk to us about roasting the shrimp. Hmm? Talk to us. First of all, you're roasting your shrimp instead of poaching them, which is generally how uh, they're cooked. And it just brings out the sweetness of the of the shrimp with a little bit of olive oil. And I use my Seriously Simple seasoning salt that's in the book, where you can buy it on, on my website. Mm-hmm. Right, um, seriously
1: simple.com, by the way.
5: Right. Yes. Or, right. It, it just gives an, an I think a very interesting flavor to the shrimp. And then adding mango to a typical chili sauce and some horseradish and lime juice and a little heat if you want a little bit of uh, hot sauce. It's just unusual, but it's familiar. Hmm. And that's what I think people love.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that everybody goes for a gorgeous shrimp cocktail. And I think that roasting the shrimp is a masterful way to add flavor and to minimize the risk of overcooking.
2: That's very, what very poaching does, yes. I think, to most shrimp is, is poaching overcooks. Way too long. Yeah, and way. I'll tell
1: you, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I think they retain their heat from liquid cooking longer. So the overcooking comes in the post cooking period or time when exactly. you roast the shrimp on a sheet pan and you take them out of the oven That's they right. cool quickly the air circulates don't pile your shrimp too crowded too tight like diane shows you in the book right and exactly. then you do you get a really beautifully cooked shrimp and if you have any left over,
5: you chop it up and make a delicious salad the next day Ooh, shrimp salad yummy yeah, oh you've made me salad. hungry
1: most <laughs> roasted shrimp salad talk to us about vegetarian because you know New Year, New You, we're really focused on, and we've always done um, Meatless Monday or sometimes Lana and I will do it on Thursday if we're getting together, Um, but I feel good when I eat vegetarian, and I am not a vegetarian, but I like the idea of cooking that way, and I think we could set a good standard or a plan for the new year with some ideas from uh, you on vegetarian meals.
5: Well, I think that I have a wonderful menu in here, but I wouldn't exactly call it that light. But it could be light if you didn't eat as much of the spicy mac and cheese with the caramelized leaf. Mm. It's sort of the centerpiece, as you call it, of it. But I love this arugula salad that I make. with, And I roast the grapes. Like the shrimp, it brings out the sweetness in the grapes. And then a little bit of Mar- uh, Marcona almonds once again. And nice. some Manchego cheese shades. Mm. And it's just it's
1: just delicious that's a brilliant idea you know roasted grapes i've always done either on the grill diane or i've put them out with a cheese platter but i never thought to throw them in a salad
5: well i hadn't really ever played with them roasting them and you can do the red and the green yes and that's a nice beginning so smart
1: so so smart love that we were thinking um for an upcoming winter feast diane that we would make your pomegranate marinated grilled lamb chops
5: I just made those
1: two nights ago. Oh, you! <laughs> did? I love this really simple marinade. Veringly but
5: simple. yes, it's-
1: pomegranate juice, balsamic vinegar, whole grain mustard, garlic, and fresh mint. <gasps> oh. And Diane adds another couple of seasonings or so on. But doesn't that sound like a delicious combination? Oh. It's
5: just amazingly wow. delicious. And you know, pa- mm. I got into the pomegranate thing because old Californians on ranchos would use the pomegranate. <laughs> so that's how I sort of started with this idea. But it's, it's the, the grainy mustard with it. It's just, you got to
1: try it. Yeah, it looks spectacular. Well, I will definitely agree, as Diane said, you've got to try it. And so please <laughs> add this cookbook to your collection, essential for home cooks that love to cook, love to entertain, love to eat, plan a year of celebrations from Seriously Simple parties. She's the queen of Seriously Simple, her 20th cookbook release, Diane Rosson Worthington. You can find her at dianeworthington.com or seriouslysimple.com she says keep it fresh keep it simple and celebrate all that life has to offer and we agree diana pleasure to have you back on the radio thanks so we, much uh, pleasure we look forward to talking with you as the year continues
5: wonderful look forward to it as well thank, thank you, you so
1: much keep it here for lots of winter dinner inspiration there's more right after this chef jamie Gwen along with lana don't go away If you're hungry for beautiful food and juicy conversation and want to live your best life, you won't want to miss this show. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. We talk about everything from fitness to technology to delicious food and drink, really and truly to feed your soul. And the number one New Year's resolution every year, statistically, is to lose weight and get in shape. But so many of us don't reach our goals because we don't set them high enough. We're not motivated or excited enough to get us through. So we thought there couldn't be a better time than to welcome back fitness expert and nutrition expert Lisa Lynn to the show. It is not too late to set a resolution that you can actually keep, and she is here to offer some continuing motivation. We always love when you come on and join us. Good morning, Lisa.
7: Good morning, and thanks for having me. I love you back. Yes, well, good.
1: (laughs) We love you too, and we're still... I'm still drinking the protein drink. I'm still waking up to black coffee. All of the lessons that you've taught us. I do an exercise under the desk, you know, to work, to make sure I'm working my lower body. Um, we love your passion for fitness.
7: Yes. that well, I love to eat. That's why I have to love the fact. That's the other
1: reason we love you. So um, talk to us if you would, because really the trend for you for fitness as you've been talking about on every morning television show and Dr. Oz as well is powering up your metabolism with protein. So this is the year for a protein
2: boost.
7: You know, the biggest question I always get, if there's one thing that I could do that would help me lose weight, what is it? And It isn't exercise because 80% of what we do is is pushing the plate away or or it comes from what we eat. And the one thing I always suggest people do is replace breakfast with a protein shake because it boosts your metabolism 25% and it's so nutritious that I hear all the time from women. When I drink that shake, I don't crave the same way that I used to. And that's because women don't get enough protein, so we crave everything under the sun.
1: I have to agree with that sentiment because I will say even if I have – egg whites and uh, quinoa, and I try to protein boost using food, I still crave the sweet. And there's something about a protein drink in the morning that satiates my sweet tooth. I loved watching you on Boston Morning Television giving away a secret that I know was hard for you to divulge. (laughs) And that is that, especially women, uh, and many of us, have this Just totally overwhelming sweet tooth. And I Mm -hmm. do as well. But you keep a bar in your pocket, a Lisa Lynn bar, by the way.
7: Um, And and it's embarrassing because if you stick your hand in my pocket or open up my desk straw, there's always what I call a running bar. A running bar. Every time I have to sink my teeth into something, I take a bite. I make a chocolate bar that's loaded with protein. It's got 20 grams of protein, almost no carbs, 10 grams of fiber, but it tastes like a Tootsie Roll.
1: And if I could satiate my sweet tooth with something that was a protein boost, good for me, uh, then I I think that's the beauty of being able to get through every day. Talk to us about starting the day off right, though, because you've given us some tips along the way that have really transformed the way that we eat.
7: Well, and not only a protein, but the other huge tip should be start your day with black coffee. and Caffeine. Yeah, you can't beat... So many people take themselves off caffeine for fasting, yet when they when you really go to an advanced
1: place, guess what the first thing they give you? Caffeine. That's right. It's great for cleansing. So we wanna start our morning off with black coffee, a protein drink. And then we wanna start combining or creating workouts that are metabolic focused i think that's the fitness word or the buzzword i've heard so far this year can you define metabolic workout please you know and it's huge because
7: there's thousands of workouts out there and 999 of them are not geared to boost your metabolism they will make you fitter they'll make you stronger but if you're trying to lose weight you have to work out in a metabolic fashion meaning you want to burn lots of calories you don't want to bulk up so metabolic means that you're going to multitask and work many of the big muscles all at the same time. I love it because it means you're done in 20 to 30 minutes instead of an hour.
1: Pretty great, right? Yeah.
7: Yeah. Because, I, you know, you want to have a life. You want to go to the farmer's market and cook and get the most output or the biggest calorie burn from the least amount of time. It's You know, it's 2013.
1: Can you Mm -hmm. actually give us a metabolic exercise while we're all listening to the radio as Lana and I are sitting here in studio? Something, an example of what we can expect from a metabolic workout? Last
7: night I had a class at my church and I had a few women who just came out of surgery. So I had them do this sitting in your chair. Everybody's sitting in their chair right now. Mm -hmm. Simply just stand up. And then you could put some soup cans in your hand. Once you stand up, you press those soup cans above your head. It's called a squat to a shoulder uh, press. So, oh. desk chair, kitchen chair, or you're just in a gym. You could do a deep squat to a shoulder press. It's called, and it really works many muscle groups and gets you very out of breath.
1: Okay, so sit back down, stand yep. up, hands yep. above the head, all the way back down again.
7: Yep. Lana's you do just about
1: fifteen of those.
7: You're out of breath, which is kind of good. So you're doing a shoulder press, a squat. If your stomach's in, you're going to work your abs. You're working about three things at once. So metabolic workouts do—they're multitasking. So they'll do many things all at once, getting you done faster.
2: Yeah, that's
1: what I love—is a well-rounded, get to the point, let's go to lunch kind of workout. Lana has her. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a different story, but I don't know any women who do. No, I want to get rid of the bulk on the sides. Thank right. you very much. Lana has a smart water bottle, hers and mine, one in each hand. All right, Lana. And she started her metabolic workout for the morning. We'll um, get them. You say, and I've always loved this line, that willpower is a muscle. And I think that that's one of the uh, lessons that you've taught us, that we need to reiterate, that shouldn't be forgotten. How it can is. we use it?
7: Well, one, you just... Start by, like I have what I call a pause button, and anytime someone gives me something, I used to just dig right in and eat it. And later I would say, oh, that wasn't that good, you know, 30, 40 pounds ago when I was heavier, yes. Now I'll stop. I don't waste calories on subpar food. If I'm going to cheat, it's going to be something really good that I go, oh, that was so mm-hmm. worth it, that I'm willing to do the treadmill on. Or I'm going to exhaust my willpower muscle by simply, sometimes it's white knuckling in or get. Be, be great. Get up, do the dishes, and get away from the food. Don't waste it
1: if it's not worth it. It is all about willpower being a muscle. You don't yeah. get on the scale every day, Lisa? No. You think that it's and, and, really know, a crutch. That is huge. In fact, I'm
7: going to be on a national TV show Monday, and one of the things I want to talk about is how women make the scale their God. And you could feel great, look great, your face looks good, your whole life is together. And you get on the scale, and it's up two pounds, and you're freaking out. It's been the story of my life, so. I'm learning not to let it be God. Let it be how I look, feel. How does a bathing suit feel on me or shorts or whatever clothes you're wearing? And not worry about that number because it can really
1: be deceptive. Okay, then I'm definitely on track because I try not to get on the scale. I do find it immensely depressing. It It determines the... Uh, the level of happiness for my day really? I don't yes I don't like right. that it's so overwhelming so yeah if I put my jeans on this particular pair I've had I know I know how they fit and they feel good like there's a little bit extra in the back you know I'm Done. thinking okay I did well yesterday I can duplicate what I ate yesterday with quinoa and yep. a salad for lunch and know that I'm going to get the same results tomorrow
7: yep and women's water and our hormones change especially above 40 and For absolutely no reason other than the moon is full, you could start to retain water. And the second you get on that scale and it's reflective, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been there numerous Mm -hmm. times. Next thing you know, you're hating yourself. That never makes us eat clean. It never makes us do more good behavior like going to the gym versus loving yourself. And like for me, I have that same pair of jeans. And I know when it's getting a little snug when I've crossed the line. Yes. And then I simply bring it back It when there's a number involved, so much pressure's involved in.
1: You say too, Lisa, that nuts are a no-no. And I think it's yes. something we need to repeat. Totally. Nuts are a huge
7: high-fat item. And for most of us who like to graze all day, that's not a food you want to graze on versus my big solution is to create, start to cook vegetables first when I start cooking because I do love to eat in the
1: kitchen. That's a really good point. You know, if you put out a really lean and clean yogurt dip, let's say, yep. fresh herbs, Greek yogurt, something low-fat, full of flavor, maybe it's a sun-dried tomato pesto, yep. and you've roasted or steamed your vegetables first, yep. you are going to snack on the good stuff rather than putting out cheese and nuts Yep. and and snacks. And you said the magic
7: bullet, I think, is the dips. Like, okay, so we all should eat steamed vegetables plain. Yeah, some days we will. But the minute that dip is good, like I love to experiment with them. The next thing you know, you're eating the celery that you would snub your nose to. So mm. enjoy it. Put it yeah, on something true. pretty. Don't put it on junk and enjoy it and just accept the things you're going to do. I am a huge muncher. I do not like to cook unless I can eat. So I've learned how to make it work for me. Like I always make the salads of my meal first, where I used to make it last. So that if I'm going to pick, it comes out of the salad bowl.
1: Well, you look fabulous, mm-hmm. by the way, and we you love. Do too. Well, thank you. We love that you mm-hmm. love to eat, and we do um, take our. Fact, your Chinese steamed fish is one of my favorites. Oh, oh, thank you. Wow. We definitely take great pride in the fact that our fitness expert here on Food & Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen is a fabulous foodie. We love the protein powder. The protein bar tastes like a Tootsie Roll, and I have one in my pocket right now. Yeah. She is Lisa Lynn, and she is transforming fitness and life for people across the country. She has body-changing exercises that strengthen and tone all of her products and lots of great advice at lynnfit.com it's l-y-n just one n l-y-n fit.com can we check back with you in the middle of the year lisa i think that we really should stick with it maybe sooner lana mm-hmm. so that we do a quarterly report or Most update definitely. from I lisa
7: I to set a new thing and do a 10 pound challenge but the difference between what we would do and the rest of the world is We want people to call in and share their most fabulous recipes. Like I use your Chinese steamed fish. We should focus
1: on enjoying the food, not how to deprive ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to get to speeding up our metabolism, starting with protein, eating well and living well. And we're going to see you back second quarter of the year. And we're going to start to continue uh, and plan our 2013 goals and resolutions Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to just be January for a resolution.
2: I'm going to work on my pause button. Your pause button. I love love those two words. Love it.
1: She is Lisa Lynn. Once again, at lynnfitwithoneend dot com. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye bye. There's more to make your life better and more delicious right after this. Don't go away. This is cooking and entertaining from a chef's point of view. And every Sunday morning, I love that we can sit down at the kitchen table together. Beginning at eight a.m., Chef Jamie went along with Lana. Two hours of hopefully satisfying, satiating conversation in your radio. Serving up seconds, by the way. Great ideas and inspiration for football fair with the big game coming up at chefjamie.com. And I hope you'll befriend me on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen. Getting a lot of direct feedback, Lana, from my mention of bacon-wrapped, Jalapeno popper stuffed chicken. Oh, they are wonderful. Baby. Mm. I think I have to add a baby to the end of that (laughs) 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 recipe name. Um, And yes, we've tested it. We call that research uh, Mm. in this family quite Um, a few times. If you missed it, I'm posting it on Facebook as we speak, and it's the best of a jalapeno popper stuffed into a chicken breast, cream cheese, cheddar, and jalapeno, then wrapped in bacon Mm. and roasted. And I love that you had a few ideas for alternatives.
2: Yes, because as much as I'm not a jalapeno, your lover as you are. Right. I use the sweet peppers in assorted colors mm-hmm. to stuff and bake.
1: Yeah, really nice. And you mm-hmm. know, you get sort of a confetti
2: of beautiful colors Mm -hmm. when you
1: cut into the chicken breast. So they could be sweet, they could be hot, or they could Mm -hmm. be anywhere in between. If you wanted to use an Anaheim or a Pasilla, if you really like it hot and you're going for the Serrano, be my guest. I like a little bit of heat. So remember, take the seeds and the veins out of your chilies if you'd like to tone down the fire. Mm -hmm. And then, wait, you were inspired by... Jalapeno popper stuffed chicken, right? Yes,
2: with a buffalo chicken slider.
1: Oh, love that. With some
2: some blue cheese crumbles on top.
1: Nice. Mm. I'm big on buffalo, too. You know, the buffalo chicken chowder on the website gets a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking of somehow incorporating and please stay tuned for next Sunday cuz I will have the recipe developed by then buffalo chicken and caramelized onion dip combine mm. so i'm thinking sort of chunks of either you know 10 chicken tenders cut into pieces or chicken breast tossed in some delicious buffalo sauce and then spooned over a big bowl of caramel warm caramelized onion dip mm. and then chips for dipping because i don't really think armchair quarterbacks want a utensil like yeah. unless it's a spoon mm-hmm. and you're serving chili everything could be finger food for the big game mm-hmm. and coming up next sunday by the way at 8 a.m we hope you'll meet us here because we are going to dish on some of the best big Game party foods. In fact, speaking of big game party foods, I thought we'd get a, a jump start. So I posted as the recipe of the week at chefjamie.com. A crazy Cajun nacho. Mm. Now, this is my ode to New Orleans, where and the Superdome, the big game will be played, of course, next Sunday. And these are wildly delicious loaded chips. And I think this finger food snack could get the party started. It could end the party. It's a homemade cheese sauce that's made better with beer and Cajun seasoning. And then you get, you know, big pile of tortilla chips And you make a wonderful mixture of caramelized onion and andouille sausage with some diced, fire-roasted green chilies. Mm. And you put the caramelized onion and andouille sausage mixture all over your big pile of chips. And then you ladle over this hot cheddar cheese beer sauce. And then you top it. Instead of diced tomatoes, I'm using those teardrop tomatoes because they're really sweet right now. Just cut in half. Chop green onions and sour cream to top it all off. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty darn good. Wow. I'll give you that. Can and,
2: we test that again? Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> Yes, for sure. Uh, and then for uh, a sweet ending, uh, there is a Cook with Lana recipe of the week posted as there is every week for a peanut butter pie. Now, if you love peanut butter like most of the world, you could do it with either creamy or chunky. And it has a graham cracker crust that has peanut butter as well. It's really like... Um, It's a duo of peanut butter pie, or peanut butter (laughs) pie times two, because your crust has peanut butter in it, and then the filling is super simple. It's five ingredients, right? Cream Mm -hmm. cheese, peanut butter, powdered sugar, milk, and you combine it all. That's four, by the way. I can count. And then you top the whole thing with Cool Whip. I had a very interesting conversation with a chef friend of mine, a restaurateur, in fact, like a big-name one, Mm -hmm. who was talking to me about his passion for Cool Whip. (sighs) And I felt slightly better about myself for a moment because all of us go to this throwback of what Cool Whip is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember growing up, Lana, you Oh, jello
2: topped with Cool Whip?
1: Yes, and then there was Mm. the most incredible recipe that was two ingredients, and you mixed yogurt with Cool Whip. And if if I'm not mistaken, it was lemon yogurt or lemon lime Mm -hmm. and Cool Whip. And it made lemon mousse. Yes. And you served it in a big balloon glass like mm-hmm. a bordeaux wine With glass grated lemon zest on and top. crushed amaretti cookies mm-hmm. on top and mm-hmm. everyone that came to dinner
2: it, it's a wonderful thought that was the
1: greatest dessert ever and by the way they were right <laughs> so there's no shame in cool whip mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen and None um, whatsoever
2: by the way uh, about my peanut butter pie you yes. could substitute nutella or any of the hazelnut spreads on the market oh okay so, i'm in so it becomes a nutella pie or a hazelnut spread pie sure
1: okay i I would like to test that one again too please (laughs) and speaking of that i've gotten a lot of requests you can always email us by the way if you have a cooking question or a culinary query as to uh, what to do with this beautiful bevy of apples. I think that um, Beverly's family who wrote to me must have gone apple picking. So she had an abundance of apples. And this winter season, and as the seasons progress and food lovers become more attuned to the incredible offerings out there, we have a better array of heirloom apples than ever before. And so if you're finding that you're loving the apples of the season and oh, what to do, Beverly wrote in, uh, you write to us uh, live, L I V E at chefjamie.com or you can always write to jamie at chefjamie.com or lana at chefjamie.com and um, she asked me for some recipes so I sent her some via email and I thought I would share um, a couple of things about apples and the True beauty of the season. There's a lot of truth, they say, about the old adage an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Um, They're very rich in pectin, which is that soluble fiber that has been shown to reduce cholesterol. Those with the cholesterol issue have been told, as says Dr. Oz, to eat an apple a day. Lots of vitamins and minerals great for diabetics, in fact. And when the leaves begin to turn to autumn season, it's when the apples are the freshest. Um, Apples have been around for over 4,000 years. Interestingly enough, there are more varieties than that available. They've counted more than 7,000 varieties classified in the U.S. alone, which I think is really incredible. Um, Some apples are better for cooking than others. I happen to think that Uh, of the apples that are currently available seasonally one of my favorites is um, Arome Beauty and it's great Mm. for baking by the way and then my favorite one to eat just straight out of hand is a Honeycrisp.
2: Oh that's a luscious apple.
1: Yes it truly is and then with that said these are the recipes I shared with Beverly and you can find them all at ChefJamie.com. We make an apple bacon coffee cake yes you heard me right. It's an apple bacon coffee cake infused with maple syrup. It doesn't get much better than Mm. that. The apple stuffed pork chops posted on the website have an apple cider sauce and that is really hearty, Mm. rustic, wonderful food over mashed parsnips or mashed cauliflower if you're looking to stay away from mashed potatoes. It's a really delicious meal. An apple crostata can be simply made with puff pastry on the bottom, the apple mixture tossed with your favorite spices like cinnamon or nutmeg, pats of butter. You pile all the apples in between you fold the edges of the puff pastry over and you have what we call an Italian crostata and you bake it off.
2: I like a little five spice in my Mm. apple pie filling.
1: Yeah, I like the way you cook. And then uh, a grown-up applesauce. You'll find a recipe um, easily done with a little bit of brandy. Mm. And uh, a parsnip and apple soup, which I'm actually planning on making this afternoon to Mm. keep in the fridge um, for the first few days of this week, because I happen to love the combination, and that sounds truly soul-warming to me. So, if you're looking for apple inspiration, or any culinary inspiration for that matter, check it out, chefjamie.com. And be sure to tune in next Sunday, please. We hope you'll join us. We're going to celebrate Mardi Gras a little bit early, in fact, with Peggy Sweeney, who's celebrating Café Du Monde, in fact, and invite you to an event where we hope you'll join us at Tom Bergen in L.A. I'm hosting an event for Café Du Monde and Peggy Sweeney's release of the award-winning cookbook. We'll tell you all about it. Also, Lisa Lillian, Hungry Girl, will be with us. Just saw her on Dr. Oz. She did a great job. And um, Chelsea Prince is sharing some of the best of Napa Valley wines. Plus, Rick Brown, the doctor of barbecue, will be here to celebrate the big game so don't miss us right here in your radio next sunday beginning at 8 a.m for more delicious conversation i'm chef jamie gwen along with lana signing off we thank you for listening thank you steve great job as always and lana i wouldn't do it without you until next sunday the delicious conversation continues at chef jamie gwen we hope you continue to eat well
0: the preceding program has been brought to you by tastebud entertainment